we can prioritize these things, but it's definitely not going to be necessary for every single person if you want to live and maintain a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And they're not prerequisites to whatever you see for someone else's healthy body weight or body fat percentage. It's, it's just not, we just need to start looking at all the bodies as just being so different and awesome in their own way. Like (laughs) that's just like the thing that I like hope the most, if you listen to our podcast is that you look at your body and another person's body and you say like, these are both amazing. We're not striving to be one thing. We're striving to be ourselves. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. I'm Rachel. Considering it's the third week of September, let's get a hallelujah for the fact that you can now show up in the school drop-off line without a bra on. (laughs) Let's go. <laughs> the first week, it's not, it's not it, and then like the I second mean, week, there it's are like, some brave moms that yeah. just come in titties dragging like week one, and they're like, I don't care, I've been here, I've been get here. on my level. Like it's ten. <laughs> some moms are like a little hesitant at first, and they're like, you know what, I should probably like put on my shades, maybe wear a bra, look like generally like I have it together. But by week three. Just let it all hang all, loose. All goes out the window. You know, I saw a study about not wearing bras, actually. <laughs> and your boobies are perkier <laughs> if you don't wear bras. Is that According right? to the study, yeah. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> the nipple angle went slightly up. Is that right? It's true science, though. So. Well, all the moms in the drop-off line were just like, yay, I knew I was doing it for some reason. Yeah. Here we go. All you have to just, like, really, all you have to do is just be hopeful that like your kid doesn't need you to get out of the car for any reason because then it gets weird. But other than that, you're good to go. Third week of September, you've made it. If your kid's school hasn't already been canceled, go ahead and take off your bra. <laughs> Girls, we're here. First, we're going to take off the shirts. Now let's take off your bra. I mean, <laughs> do you. But today's podcast is going to be a cool one, I think, because we are going to do some Q&As from you guys and from the members in our app, CVG Nation. Uh, if you're not in there, you should definitely be in there. It's like the coolest place to be on the internet right now. I mean, just saying. I mean, just saying. It's always been the coolest place, but yeah, it's it's just getting cooler. I love the hot deals that we've been giving away in there. Just um, last week, we had girls be able to get brand new dresses for $10 off just for being in the app. We're giving away leggings every day. So definitely make sure you get in the app. And you can always ask us questions, your burning questions, mm-hmm. fitness, nutrition, bras, titties out, titties in, what do you got to do? Nipples down, nipples up, whatever you're rolling with. And we take some of your questions and put them on the podcast. And it's, I think it's really helpful to just be able to 
Like have a group discussion. Well, yeah, have a group discussion about some of those like weird things too. Like I know that sometimes when you have like a, a fitness question or even just like sometimes a life question, you're like, I wonder if other people are having this too. They or are. is this just a me thing? But once you put it in there, you realize like everyone's like, yeah, me too. Same. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that because me too. So that's why you have like your tribe there to help you answer your questions. Agree. And if you don't feel alone. So our first question was, I'm not going to name any names because, you know, we'll keep the anonymity. Yeah. Is that a, did I say that right? No, but it's no. okay. Well, <laughs> anonymity, is, I think how you say it. No. I mean, it's the blind leading the blind. Well, I didn't decide to use it. Okay. <laughs> you just—you know what Rachel's confidence is like? She's not sure how to say a word. And she has like 10,000 people listening. She's like, I'm going to try it here. Yeah, let's try it out. Let's see how it goes. That's, uh, I know when I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> not at my dinner table of five <laughs> when I have the mic on and I'm just going. You know what? I got to do me. So our first question was, I think, a really, really good one on so many levels because it had to do with having limited time to work out. And who feels that? Me. Everyone. Yeah. Um, so this question was, if you only have 30 minutes, to get in a workout, what would you do? <laughs> would it be strength or it would be cardio? <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's cardio. Cardio. <laughs> what a good answer. I really wanted to give definitive answers when I saw a Q&A, but if I really forced myself to do such a thing, I wouldn't be being true to me. So <laughs> when you turn on the mic and turn to 10,000 people, you're like, I'd like to be definitive, but instead I'm going to make up a word called scardio. <laughs> Again, I do what I want. Good, good that would really depend on the day for me because I have had, you know, over my years and years and years of fitness, which has actually turned into many now, there's been many days where I've only had 30 minutes to work out and I've made a decision. Are we going to do the strength piece or are we going to do a med wallet conditioning piece? And it really depends on the day. So one day this week where I had like not a lot of time at all, I, I went to just the strength piece. I would say most days when I'm going for 30 minutes and I want my like joy or adrenaline rush, I would do um, a conditioning piece because I would feel a little bit more accomplished when I left. But I would honestly say like going into your session and you know you have like such a limited time, you are going to need to make that choice based on that day, because neither one of those are superior to your workout on either day, right? So like both like strength training and cardio or like conditioning, metabolic conditioning are imperative to your health and your fitness and they're working together. So neither one's more important. It's just going to be like, let's look at the rest of your week. And if you don't have any strength pieces in there, I'd hit the strength. And if you don't have any other conditioning pieces, I'd hit conditioning. It's like picking a favorite kid. Yeah. I mean, I only have one, so. Yeah, so that's an easy decision yeah. for you. <laughs> I mean, but I do think that one thing that I want to hit on that if you have 30 minutes, one thing I want to make sure of that we are not skipping is the warm-up, yes. okay? So if you are headed into the gym and you know that you are an unbelievably limited time, that does not mean that you're jumping into anything and saying like, oh, I'll just warm up as I go, okay? You can abbreviate your warm-up, but it still has to be there. No matter what, I'm not making any concessions. You must do your warm up. You can skip your cool down. 
I didn't say that. Yeah, no, it was someone else. I said, I don't know who said that, but it wasn't me. But if you have 30 minutes, what I would do with my 30 minutes is I would exactly, as Kelsey said, do some cardio. (laughs) (laughs) Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Screw you. Um, We're making up words. So I would, you know what I would do? Mm -hmm. I'd do a 21-15-9 thrusters burpees. Mm-hmm. Like I would make sure that I had some kind of weightlifting component in a metabolic kind of workout. And then I would feel like I did kind of both. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when you are working with a metabolic weight in a workout, you're obviously not like, you know, working anywhere near your one rep maxes. You're not really truly strength training, but you're under a load. You do. You are doing some resistance training with weights and you can also get that sweat in and leave with your glisten and skip your cool down and don't do that. <laughs> and that way, like you said, you get that accomplished feeling, but you still have had some weights in there. So that's what I would do. Yeah. I I also want to add in there that like when you have 30 minutes, like it, it, it seems like a really short period of time, right? But if you are incredibly efficient with your time, it's actually a good amount of time for a workout. And you know they're going in when you have 30 minutes that you have to be incredibly efficient, but making sure like your warm up is it's programmed and it's all set for you and you know the movements you're going in, you're going through it and it's going to take 10 to 15 minutes and then you don't have any really dilly dally time in between. You take like three to five minutes, go to the bathroom real quick and then you're starting your workout and you really can get a lot done within that 30 minutes. I know I've had to be like, okay, you Kelsey, you got to be incredibly efficient. And then I've been like, wow, when I really put my head down and make efficiency part of my goal in my training, I can get a lot done. Yeah. Um, it's like I didn't spend 30 minutes picking like the Kesha playlist. Yes. Yeah. You have like, to. Oh, I can actually. Yeah. You don't have, have to. Here. You have to like get the, the playlist has to be set or you got to go with the like freaking silence. <laughs> God, no. Oh, God, no. Um, our second question, which uh, another really good one and I think commonly asked about what do you do between sets? What do you do with your hands? <laughs> When you are between sets in your work, in your strength training, what do you do and how long should you be taking in between sets if it's not specifically programmed? Yeah. So sometimes this is specifically programmed for you and it will give you like a three minute rest in between. But honestly, I would say on your lighter loads, you can take 90 seconds between when you're getting to a heavier, one of your heavier sets, like three minutes in between, maybe three to five, any more than that, you're just starting to cool down. So <laughs> um, Stop with the Kesha playlist. Yeah. It's not going to help you and like your, your PR. The anticipation and, and and like you're getting a little bit nervous to like do do some of your sets can just like start to build. So your your top your top number there is around five minutes, but usually between sets it should be about three. Some people and like what are you doing specifically during your sets is like very dependent on who you are. I'm famous and I've just been called like a lion between sets because I'm like pacing, I'm circling my bar, I'm like a total psycho because like my activity level in my brain. I like just like movement all the time, but a lot of people just like sit down, (laughs) chill between sets and not just like circle the bar like a vulture ready ready to bounce on it. Personally, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't suggest sitting only because like that reminds me of kind of cooling down. And like, I, I don't know to, I mean, you definitely can, and it's definitely not detrimental, but I a lot of weightlifters, they get their weightlifting bench ready sitting. Oh my God. Have you ever seen like all the videos, especially like oil lifters? They know they do this. I'm not making fun of them in a way that they don't know, but they like do one rep and they pull out like a lawn chair. (laughs) (laughs) Put on their sunglasses. (laughs) Yeah. 15 minutes before the next one rep. (laughs) Oh, for crying out loud. I mean, there's all different ways to do everything and you will find the right way that works for you. But I definitely think kind of like taking a load off and just like sitting definitely kind of brings my intensity level down. And I never look at my phone between sets. I never look at my phone. I find it extremely distracting. That's obviously, again, not for everyone, but I think that I want my mind on the task. So like I'll dance, there'll be times where I will stretch, but it won't be like a static stretch. It will be like kind of something dynamic. Like I'll sit in the bottom of a squat for a second and shift back and forth, or I'll do some arm circles or just anything that I feel like is going to, I don't know. I'm just like, trying to get the blood to the muscles here. I'm trying to get his old body going. So, um, yeah, if you, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest like static stretches just because you want to keep your muscles dynamic and how, yeah, how long I, I, I don't like, I don't like any longer than 90 minutes. 90 minutes. 90 90, 90 minutes is good between sets because that way I can just like leave the gym, come back later. Um, I don't like any more than 90 seconds because it breaks my rhythm. I would say too that if you are in your strength piece and it isn't necessarily pro, like you don't have a specific rest time that you're going for, still start your clock so you can have. I always, I always have it running so that you can kind of like glance over and see how long you're taking between sets because uh, sometimes it seems like it's like 90 seconds and then you're like, no, that was, that was 10 minutes. Oh, <laughs> that was a little bit different. I got on a strain of thought there. And <laughs> um, so have a clock running so you can glance up at it. Oh, I like that tip. Our third question today. Oh, it's, oh. the, <laughs> it's the same one it. in a different way. Yeah. Um, we get asked this question a lot, just in different ways, but this one is particularly funny to me because, you know, snacks and stuff. She said, I know we can't work to quote unquote fix specific areas, but what are some moves that really target the inner thighs? My thought is that if I work on the muscle below that pocket of fat, then maybe the muscle will eat the fat for a midnight snack. <laughs> I love, okay. I just love you. I just, first of all, I just love your train of thought there and that you have made some of your muscle groups into a type of Pac-Man that is now going to eat that. (laughs) But also, you know what, guys? I love how we, we know a thing, right? So she starts with, I know I can't fix probably. And, and fix, I want to like just change that word if I can, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with these areas. Um, and one is not better than the other, but I know what you're talking about to decrease fat in that area, but you're essentially asking the same thing if I can spot train. So I know I can't spot train, but like, could you tell me how to spot train? (laughs) What if they say like everything you say before the word, but is bullshit. Yeah. I know I can't spot train, but But maybe we can find a way. Can we spot train now? (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah. So you cannot, um, 
Okay, so, so say you're building up a muscle group, right? Which is all great. Now, I'm a, this is a little bit more of a complex answer than I'm sure you're looking for, the Pac-Man idea. But okay, so you're building up a muscle group, which is great because it's going to increase your metabolic rate, which then is going to require your body to use more calories and it's going to decrease body fat overall. The Pac-Man's coming. The Pac-Man's coming. So like like symbolizing symbolizing that is into a Pac-Man way. But decreasing body fat on your body does not go in specific areas. So just because you're in you're building a muscle group, say in your hamstrings, doesn't mean that the fat that's specifically covering the hamstrings is going to be the fat that's going to go. So right here, like your muscles getting bigger, your metabolic rate is increasing, you're decreasing body fat overall. But hear what I said there, overall, that's going to depend on your body type where you're body tends to lose fat first. And that's going to differ for every person. We would love to not have that answer. Like we would love to be like, okay, so if I really train my legs and I build up those muscles, does that mean I'm going to have less body fat on my legs? The answer is no. I tend to, no, no, no. And more no. And more no. If you're a person who tends to carry body fat fat in your midsection, you're going to decrease body fat probably on your legs first and work its way to your midsection because that's where you carry your body fat. For people for the opposite, if you carry body fat in your legs, your midsection will go first and it will work its way to, to your legs, but you can't decide who goes first. You cannot decide. It is horrible, horrible news. <laughs> Every time I hear it, I'm like, but wait. <laughs> but realistically, when I answered this question, I just, I wanted to make sure that we really hit on the fact that, as Kelsey said, there is nothing wrong with your legs. They are beautiful. They are Im- amazing. They have brought you through this entire life. And we are strength training them because we love them. Mm. We are training them because we want to be able to do all the incredible things that legs were designed to do. We want to be able to run. We want to be able to squat. We want to be able to lift. And we want to be able to, with our legs and the strength in our legs, increase our overall quality of life. And what the legs, what the strong legs look like is irrelevant. I know that it, it that's not true. I know that in real life it it is relevant. You look, you see these things and you say, "Jesus, couldn't that like just go away a little bit?" The fact is is that you would need to be if that is your last place to lose fat, you'd need to be at a very, very lean body fat percentage in order to see that go. Now, that may be a priority in your life right now where you say, "You know what? I, that is, I want to do that. That is worth it to me. I want to get to a low body fat percentage. I'm going to work to get there because that is a priority for me. But also, I just want you to understand that no matter where you're at, at your, in your life right now, those legs have carried you there. And I just, I want them to get the respect that they deserve. Little inner pouch, yeah, thigh fat and all. Yeah. Let's talk about the inner thighs. Like, let's just talk about them. How about we just stop looking at them? <laughs> it's hard because you look down. Over. I know. I just want to like stop looking at them because it's such a weird 
spot that a lot of women pick apart on their bodies. And I can relate to that so, so, so much because I am a person who has more of a tendency to carry body fat in my legs. And when I was looking for body fat, when I was in a space where I was looking for that, when I was looking at my body, I would notice the inner thighs a lot in the pockets, like below my ass. (laughs) I would like notice. Yeah. I would like notice those, but that was when I was looking at it. And when I changed my frame to be looking at movement and how my body was moving. And I kind of like started to slowly move away from like the eyes going immediately to areas that I didn't like. My whole vision for myself changed and how I looked at my body and carried it and how I viewed it when it was moving. I stopped looking at the things that were jiggling and the weight that was moving on the bar. And I just think that's just an amazing change that we could start to think about together that when you see something jiggle and you're like watching yourself work out or something along those lines that you might think like, hmm, okay, that's jiggling. Uh Uh-huh. But what was I doing? What was I doing during that video? And was that maybe a little bit more important? 10 out of 10 would recommend that mind shift change. Um, And anything that you can do today to start that in motion is going to be I'm telling you, wildly changing for your life when you stop looking in the mirror to find the imperfections and start looking for the things that you love yeah, and start looking for the strength that has always been there. And that doesn't mean that we are not working to strength train our legs, but we aren't doing it to take things away. We're doing it to add things to our life. So no midnight snacks. So thank you for that question too. That was a great question. It brought out a lot of good discussion. So this is one that you get asked a lot because um, you get a lot of, you know, direct messages from people like replying to your stories about you, you know, when you put up training videos and, and things that you're doing in the gym. Do you have to give up all sugar and alcohol to have visible muscles, specifically abs? (laughs) No, no, you don't. But this is so specific to an individual person that and I know we've talked about like visible abs in the in the past and how they're not the gold standard of fitness. And it's just very, it's very interesting because we've talked about we can't, can't spot train fat away, right? And the same thing when it comes to your diet and nutrition is that you, for different people, a different diet is going to look very different. You and I could eat the same exact thing every single day and our bodies would look very different. And that's the beauty of our bodies, right? Like we wouldn't want us all to be like Stepford's eating the exact same thing and we would all just look the same. Like we could eat the exact same thing. We could do the same workouts and our bodies would still look drastically different. So do I personally cut out sugar, alcohol into my diet? No, that's not part of my goals right now in my life and my joy and how that mixes in with like a balanced life. Now, I know that a lot of specifically in the bodybuilding space will tell you that you can't have alcohol and you can't have sugar and you you have to be at this like crazy deficit to have visible abs. That's a very different training Uh, method, I guess. And the focus is not on health. It's really not. 
So when it comes to health for me, it's a wide range of areas. And that includes my physical health, my mental health, my healthy relationships, how I'm interacting with the world every day. And to me, that includes some sugar. <laughs> and a lot of booze. No, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's 2021. So is that not appropriate? And an occasional beverage. I mean... I couldn't agree more. And I, I think I, I just want to use this as an opportunity to remind people that your body has a set idea of where it should live weight-wise. Mm. And um, it is very, very difficult to change your body's preset notion of how much fat you should carry. Mm. Now, I don't think a lot of people want to tell you this because they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. And it's hard to sell something if you're going to tell the person right off the bat, hey, but like your body is going to fight against this in every way possible. So good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, but... That's the real set truth of it is that your brain has a specific place where it likes to keep your body. Mm -hmm. I like to call it the comfort weight. Mm -hmm. And um, that is in your brain is going to do everything in its power to keep your body at that comfort weight. And if you deprive it, your brain will send hunger signals to you more frequently for a higher calorie food. If you are working out excessively, your brain, again, will send hunger signals for higher calorie food and it will slow down your metabolism as a result to try to keep you at your comfort weight. So I know that we don't like in the health and fitness industry, we don't like to say that so much of it has to do with genetics because that kind of makes it seem like a hopeless battle for people. But that's the truth. And I just want to say that if your body at its natural comfort place where you are working out regularly and eating nutritiously dense food and are, and are not taking in like generally too much processed or sugar or alcohol or things that we know are detrimental to our health, your body is going to be sitting at a general comfortable weight. And in order, if that doesn't have visible abs for you, in order to get below that, it's going to be a tremendous amount of work. There is going to be a certain percentage of people that are going to have to cut out sugar and alcohol to see visible abs. That's just the hard truth. And all you need to do is just ask yourself what your priorities are in life and ask yourself what kind of work you want to do to get there. If it's basically, if it's worth it, that's what we ask with every other thing in mm. life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is having this kid worth it? <laughs> Not just me. But no, but that's what you have to ask yourself. And then you prioritize appropriately. And just know that if you do get outside of your body's range of what it thinks its comfortable weight is, it will be hard to maintain. Yeah. Now, what I, what I want to say to that too is it can, that can seem very hopeless when we are trying to achieve an aesthetic based on trends in society. Okay. So like that, that whole idea of like, this is going to be a lot based on genetics. That's not based on the goal of health. So it's this interesting dynamic that we've created in the health and fitness industry where like we created an aesthetic every what, like 10 years, right? <laughs> uh, maybe sooner than that, whatever it changes for women. And then we say like, can you meet this? How can you meet this? How can you, diet? How can you exercise? How can you whatever to meet this aesthetic? And then we get discouraged with our bodies that we are not meeting that aesthetic wherever it is. But if we are actually talking about health and the health of our specific body, 
you are able to achieve health for your specific body. And that is a goal in health and fitness that is not hopeless that you can achieve. So I just want to point to a study that was recently done that proves this better than anything I've ever heard before is they took people and categorize them based on BMI. Now we know that BMI is like an absolute trash can system for judging health or fitness. But what they did in this instance was took people that were at at or around their comfort weight, ranked them in BMI from obese to a normal weight. And then what they did was they took in factors of did the person exercise at least three times a week? Did they take in X amount of fruits and vegetables? Did they refrain from smoking? And did they limit their alcohol intake and have appropriate amounts of sleep? Mm. So every single person across all of the categories was at the exact same risk for death. It didn't matter if they were in the obese category or the normal weight category, normal BMI category. It didn't matter as long as those factors were in place, exercise, uh, sleep, limiting alcohol, nutrition in the fruits and vegetables form, as long as those things and, and limiting smoking, as long as those things were in place, the people were all at the exact same risk for death. Now that should tell you right there that everything that we know about saying X amount of body fat means you're at an increased risk of death is just not true. It's not true. And it may be that your body is, is comfortable holding on to a little bit more body fat and that's where it lives, but that does not affect your ability to be a healthy person. Yeah. I th- just like shout that from the rooftop. So whatever assumption you made based on what someone's body fat percentage is, is incorrect <laughs> because there are so many assumptions in both, in both ways. There are so many assumptions that if you carry a lower body fat percentage, you must be deprived of X, Y, and Z. And that's not true. My body is very comfortable at the body fat percentage I am at currently. And that's just how it maintains. That doesn't mean I go to extremes to cut out anything. And it's not, um, it's not difficult to maintain once you get to that sweet spot. And I think that that really needs to be the goal of everyone that they get to their sweet spot where they can sustain long term. Mm-hmm. They can get and in. feel good. Yeah, yeah. And you feel great. And there is no major deprivation or overtraining or any of those like extreme measures. You can just kind of live your life and be at a healthy body weight. So limiting all sugar, all alcohol, all joy, (laughs) being at the gym eight hours a day, like these, we can prioritize these things, but it's definitely not going to be necessary for every single person if you want to live and maintain a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And they're not prerequisites to whatever you see for someone else's healthy body weight or body fat percentage. It's, it's just not, we just need to start looking at all the bodies as just being so different and awesome in their own way. Like (laughs) that's just like the thing that I like hope the most, if you listen to our podcast is that you look at your body and another person's body and you say like, these are both amazing. We're not striving to be one thing. We're striving to be ourselves. We do that with eyes. We do that with hair. Like we say like, wow, your different hair is so amazing. The shade of the color of your eyes is Mm. so cool. And it's not like, 
oh my God, I wish I had that. It's just like, I can appreciate your eyes for being so different than mine. And we celebrate those. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why it's weird. Cause like, celebrate our bodies. just keep looking down. Yep. Keep going. <laughs> and our last question has to do with nutrition with regards to fruits and vegetables. So this question was, um, I'm working on getting more fruits and veggies in my intake and I want to increase my nutrient dense food rather than focusing on restriction. Yay. That's good for right off the bat. My question is in order to maximize the benefits of these foods and boost my metabolism, is it better to eat and chew them or should I put them or she said, or is it okay to put them in a smoothie? Mm Mm-hmm. So good one, right? (laughs) Good one. Good one. So I love the focus on increasing nutrient dense food because that is literally everything. And what I want to start with that is, is however you are getting in your nutrient dense food is okay. Is good. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. I didn't, we didn't talk before. I don't know. (laughs) So however you're getting it in your body is is what it is. You know what I mean? Like you have to work to your lifestyle to be able to fit it in. And if, if it's through a smoothie, then that's awesome. And if it's through foods, that's awesome. In an ideal world, if you had a mixture of those, I would say that's really awesome. When it comes to organizing your meals with getting like your fruits and veggies intake in, it's really good to chew some foods. I would not want to, in an ideal world, and now I'm answering your question in an ideal world, um, I would not to want, I would not want to rely on getting in all of your green nutrients, um, in through a smoothie. And there are many reasons behind that, but, you know, having a well-balanced diet is chewing our food and sending those signals to our brain that we're eating, um, that we're metabolizing that food in that way and that we're getting those in. Yeah. Well, that's all I was going to say. Oh, sorry. (sighs) I just want, I was going to say, I was like, oh, she didn't say the chewing signals yet. So Uh, (laughs) whatever. Now you said that too. So yeah, I mean, but like you said. We are like we've done this before. <laughs> I mean, we are overall just trying to take in more fruits and vegetables. Yes. If you found a way to do that and it works for your life, go crush everything, girlfriend. We do not need to tell you that you need to be chewing if you prefer to sip, and we do not need to be telling you you need to sip if you prefer to chew. Mm-hmm. But yes, there are certain signals that are being sent to the brain when you are chewing that kind of are designed to curb hunger if you find that that is an issue for you. But really, just adding them in, let's go. Yeah. And we know that 800 grams of fruits and vegetables right across the right across the board is going to help lower your mortality rate. So for everyone, everyone, (laughs) everywhere. So um, smoothies, raw veggies, cooked veggies, however you want to do it, there is no perfect answer. It's only the one that works for your life. Yeah. And just like to piggyback right off of that, as we talk about fruits and veggies, because I've heard a lot of people who have said like, well, this, you know, I tried to add in some fruits and veggies and maybe it was upsetting to my stomach or it wasn't working with my body. And I just want to like throw a a little tip in with that is that if you've tried like raw veggies and that doesn't seem to agree with your stomach, you might need to do the same things, but cook them. Like you have to try different ways to eat some of these things and they'll like that your body will be able to or your stomach will be able to break them down a little bit better. Like for me, for example, like raw spinach like doesn't go well. Cooked spinach with lemon, just fine. (laughs) 
Like, and you just kind of have to play with these things and see how it affects your body and then, um, you know, work it in, in a way that works for you. Yeah. Don't write something off just simply because it didn't work in one form. Mm. And also, I, I would highly suggest not to continue eating something that repeatedly upsets your stomach um, just because you think it's healthy and you need the nutrients. Like yeah. there are many different options and many different ways to prepare things that will work with your digestion. You don't need to keep getting a giant bloated stomach mm. because you're trying to eat raw broccoli because someone said it was good for you. Yeah, but it bloats your stomach. That's like, that's the thing right there. And, and that's like, there's different nuances too. Like, you know, eating salad, sometimes you have to, for me, I have to have bread with it or else I'll get extremely bloated. It's just like, you have to find some of your like different nuances when you're adding new things into your diet to figure out how it works for you and your body. And we've got our whole lives to do it. What what, what a treat. <laughs> so if you have a question for us, get in our app. We can answer it on the podcast. And I'm sure there are so many other women with the same burning question. And we hope you join us next week. We absolutely love you. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.